This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. What a fun morning, huh? Oh, you can do better than that. What a fun morning, right? Yeah. Anytime the pastor shows up in a football jersey, it has to be fun, right? Yeah. Well, um, I just want to say welcome. For those of you who are brand new, welcome to New Life. It's uh, not my usual dress code, but how fun. It's uh, kickoff Sunday for life groups, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit. But uh, just so you know what we're talking about, life groups are smaller groups of people that meet together during the week to learn, to connect with each other, and to grow spiritually. And uh, you're going to hear a lot more about that later on this morning. So uh, welcome to church, welcome to a place where uh, we try to tune into God's agenda every single Sunday. And uh, he has a very special agenda for us this morning, and so I want to welcome you uh, on board to that. And um, I want to teach you a phrase, okay? It's actually a sentence, and it goes like this. The faith that Jesus gives is dynamic. Would you say that back to me? Ready? The faith that Jesus gives is dynamic. What do I mean by that? Well, anything that's dynamic is moving. It's not stagnant. It's not still. It, it, it's not um, resting. It's dynamic. And the faith that Jesus gives is always doing something in our lives. It's proactive. It's, it's always producing spiritual growth in us. It always has a component of adventure and of newness and of taking new territory in our lives and of calling us to new heights of spiritual growth and development. So what I, what I want to say to you right up front is if you look in the mirror and the faith of the person you see in the mirror isn't dynamic if it's not really growing, if it's not producing fresh things in your life, if it doesn't excite you and get you out of bed, if you, if you haven't had any sort of aha moments recently in your faith, then you should pay special attention this morning. Because we're going to talk about the faith that Christ gives and how it can be in your life something that's dynamic and not static. But before... I jump into that. Let me take care of a couple of items of business. On the inside of your program, you're going to find some fill-in-the-blank notes <clears throat> that will walk you through what I'm going to say. And uh, so uh, that will help you. You can also take it home with you, and it will help you learn and uh, walk through uh, during the week what we learned here on Sunday morning. Now, when you walked into the lobby... You probably also noticed that there were some banners hanging up and all sorts of things. And I want to go back about nine months and talk to you uh, about a thing that uh, we went through called TGA. We're still going through, actually. It's called The Great Adventure. And uh, so here it is. Nine months ago, uh, we called the church to a wonderful spiritual journey. Uh, we got alone with God, and at the end of that time... Sixty-plus families in this church 
entered into a covenant relationship with God. This one wasn't about salvation. That's a whole different covenant relationship with God. But we entered into a covenant relationship with God in which God called us uh, to make pledges to move the church forward in terms of completing this facility, adding staff, and so forth. For those of us who went through that time, it was a deeply spiritual time. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of looking in the mirror. There was a lot of connecting with God. And in the end, there was a lot of spiritual growth. And, um, and then just a couple of months ago, 30-plus more families jumped in on, on a much more abbreviated spiritual adventure called I'm In. Now, I want you to stop with me and think for just a minute. That means that there are over 90, between 90 and 100 families in this church right here today, most of them will be, who have a very special relationship with God. It's a covenant of faith. And in it, we responded to God. God moved us. We responded to God. And we said, God, we understand your kingdom is important and you called us to do this. And so we're entering into this agreement with you. And we believe that you will supply not only what we need for our families, but you will also supply what you want us to give to your kingdom to move it forward. That's a pretty cool thing. 60 plus families, now 90 plus families. In my mind, I put it as a covenant of both faith and faithfulness. Faith in God, that God would do what He had moved us to do. And most of us who made those pledges are walking that out and we're finding that to be true. That God has been faithful to us. It was our faith in Him and He is supplying all that we need for life and more, all that He needs for His kingdom, and He's doing it through us. But it's also a covenant of faithfulness. I've learned this in my life. Every time that God gives me a blessing and the blessing has an agenda on it, something He wants to accomplish in His kingdom, there's always a point of temptation where I can take that blessing and appropriate it for myself. Now, by the way, when you give to an organization and you give for a specific purpose and they take those funds and do something else with that, what do we call that? Misappropriation of funds, correct? Yeah. How many of you think God's not real cool with that? He's not real cool with that, is He? No. So as God supplies in my life and in Monica's life, what He asks us to pledge to Him It's so important for us to be faithful to Him. To not only believe that He would supply, but to believe that we would be faithful in walking that out with Him. Now, in addition to all of that, um, there have been some people in the church, connected to the church, who are not actually part of either one of those, but they just said, hey, this is something God wanted to do in my life. And so in addition to all of the pledges and the wonderful covenant relationships that people have with God in this church about the great adventure and about the I'm in. There have also been uh, tens of thousands of dollars that have been given to the church and pledged to the church by people that just said, I mean, just a few weeks ago, a person said, hey, pastor, could I meet with you? I said, sure. Came in and sat down in my office and said, you know, 
I've, I've come into some money that I didn't think I was going to come into, and I was just praying to God, okay, God, I want to be a good steward of this. And they said, you know, God said to me very, very clearly, 60,000 of this belongs to the church. That's, that's the reason now. That's not the vast majority of what that particular person got, but it was a very significant chunk of it. You know, and I watched in their eyes the excitement of being in a covenant relationship with God where they prayed to God. I really don't even think that they were actually praying about the church. They were just praying, help me to be a wise investor of this money. And that's what God said to them. So this morning, I want to lead us in a prayer. And I would like for you to join me, if you would. So let's pray. Father, as, uh, as we look to the future and as we look actually in the mirror, there are 90-some families of us who are in this covenant relationship with you. Lord, would you help us, number one, to be very, very grateful that you, the Lord of heaven and earth, would actually connect with us, that you would even have an agenda for us individually. And then, Lord, would you help us to walk in faith, to continue to walk in faith. Lord, especially for those of us who are in that relationship with you, and since then, we've lost our jobs. Lord, what a huge test of our faith. God, would you continue to bolster our faith? And then, Lord, would you help us to be faithful? Faithful to you as you have been faithful to us. And then, Lord, as we walk through that adventure, would you help us to grow spiritually so that you might accomplish in us what you've always wanted to. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 So, there's your reminder. There's our recommitment to God. Now we have another thing that we want to do this morning. And uh, so I want to call Joe and Lori Chatterton, wherever they are. They sh- there you are. This is Joe and Lori Chatterton, and I've asked them if they would come and share a little bit about their journey with God. So would you welcome Joe and Lori Chatterton. First of all, guys, thank you for coming, and thank you for being willing to share. Secondly, if you've never visited with Joe and Lori, but you're about ready to hear them talk now, you're going to notice a slightly different accent, all right? So there, we might as well start there, okay? So where are you guys from, and how did you end up in California? Well, originally we were uh, from New York, Long Island specifically. We, uh, can you hear me out there? Yeah, all right. No? You can't hear me? Hang on. It's on. Can you... Hello? 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 Oh, there you are. It's <laughs> tight pocket. Yeah. <laughs> still working off the, the Christmas weight is still... Uh, yeah. New York. Yeah, that's right. New York pizza. So anyway, uh, yeah, we came out here. Uh, I had lost my job on Long Island, and we had friends that lived out here. And uh, while I was searching for a job, my friend uh, just said, hey, you know, send your resume in here. You know, if, if they call you in for an interview, at least you get a free trip to California. So, well, that's a good idea. So came out here and ended up getting the job. And, uh, and how long, how long ago was that? That was uh, about nine and a half years ago. Nine and a half years ago. So it took you from Long Island to Petaluma. So now how did you end up at New Life? Well, that's interesting. (laughs) 
Um, we had some neighbors that, um, Lori and Doug, the Hackleys, that they were kind of um, in the church from the beginning, in New Life from the beginning. And we had been going to another church in town and, and uh, just, you know, for about a year and a half and never felt like we connected. Um, we were trying. And uh, then one day we just decided to try New Life. Actually, I guess it was our son Joe that kind of says, why don't you try New Life? I says, okay, we're going to give it a try, and we did. And, you know, the, the year and a half um, that we lived here before we came to New Life, we never felt so welcome as when we walked through the doors here. Well, I, that, that makes every pastor pretty happy to hear that. I can tell you that for sure. So, so you end up at New Life. So now I know both of you serve in several capacities. So just tell us a little bit about what you do in the church. Wow. Okay. Um, well, it's funny because you, you get on board with one little thing, and I think that's, <laughs> that's how it all starts. And uh, I guess it was, uh, I started with the programming group. I decided to get involved uh, uh, with uh, building stage decorations and, uh, and just really enjoyed that, enjoyed uh, the creativity of it, enjoyed just hearing what am I supposed to do, the, the whole creative process. And uh, eventually that led into writing some of the skits that we did. And, and after about six years in the church, I think eventually the, the church invited Lori and I to become spiritual stewards. And that, like us, <laughs> we're pretty new at the whole Christian thing, but uh, they, they uh, interviewed us and brought us through the whole qualification process. And uh, we were pretty, uh, pretty amazed to find out that we were actually doing pretty well with our walk. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That, yeah. That's a nice confirmation, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. Uh, you know, we we weren't sure, but the, the God was sure, and that's so we ended up there, and sure. uh, yeah, got involved in a mission trip, and the following year they didn't do the trip, and I asked why. They said there was no one to lead it, and so now I've been leading the mission trip for the last four five years. So it's just yeah, it just goes. It's Reminds just, me of a book that we read to our grandkids called. Give a mouse a cookie, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. And Lori, how about you? What do you do? Uh, I'm kind of a Jill of all trades around here, I think, <laughs> at some times. Um, you know, we've done anything from leading a life group, uh, the stewards. Um, I'm, you know, often jumping in on helping with uh, some of the uh, programming sets and... Uh, I don't know, just just places where I can feel I fit in and I can help out. And you've been to Mexico once or twice, right? I think this is going on six years. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, love missions, love the mission trip. Yeah. So now, as you guys look back, were there one or two that you would consider major turning points where, oh my goodness, I just started coming here to church because I wanted to make some friends, and now I begin to sense that God has a much greater agenda than me just making a few friends at church? Uh, yeah, I would say the big, big turning point was, was when the church started ready. And uh, that was, they, they had the 40 days of prayer leading up to the, uh, the, the ready, uh, I guess, celebration event. And we committed to each other that we would sit together each day and, and go through uh, the prayers together each day, 
and that was that was just an amazing thing just to, to sit together and it's really set an example that we've been doing ever since you know sometimes we pray off on our own but for the most part we sit together and uh, and that's made a big difference in our life it's just praying together wow okay for those of you who are new and don't know what ready is ready was a spiritual journey that we went on about four years ago and it was the spiritual journey that enabled the church to purchase this particular piece of property and, and this building. So, now I know that you guys had some interesting experiences in Ready. So, you don't have to go into facts and figures, but tell us a little bit about that journey of faith. Okay, I'll keep talking. <laughs> she warned me about this. So, anyway, we... Uh, uh, yeah, we, we, I started off with a number in mind, and then as we were praying through Ready, the big part of that was praying for a number and a process. And, uh, and ultimately, at the end, God had a different number in mind. It was a little scary, but uh, you know, he promised the number and the process. And sure enough, he was, he was more than faithful. And uh, as we went through Ready, it was just remarkably easy for us. I, I don't know how... It was just it was just pretty much amazing. And also as we were moving forward with Ready, like the miracles were happening all around. It was a pretty amazing experience. Uh just this building coming to be and different things showing up. Um as we went through the campaign, God spoke to us, you know, bump it up, bump it up, bump it up. If where we ended up, if he told me that the first day, we probably would have went back to the old church. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty scary number, but he made it uh, one made, step at a time. Yeah, but uh, what was amazing, the way we ended up in our pledge, uh, you know, part of it was, was sacrificial giving. I think ultimately that's where we ended up at, at the sacrificial point, where it was it was pretty hard. As we were getting towards the end of ready, and uh, we were doing the e gift and making that monthly payment, it was a uh, you know. A substantial uh, nut to uh, to face each month, and uh, but that was just a great because we were facing that. We ended up with this amazing building, and yeah. it was oh, just just remarkable. Um, one thing I would like to say about it too is that journey. A really big part of that was being um, very well rounded spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like having a flat spot that just kept you kind of stuck. It, it moved us. And it moved us towards being able to take on a year, this past year that has been, um, I was looking at faith transforms and it really does. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about that because that was going to be my next question, okay? So you came to church and, and you got on board and God really started to work in your lives and you connected with him you connected with other people. You got in this faith journey, and and it, it was a wonderful thing. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that life is all peaches and cream once you sign on with God and really begin to grow. Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit about this last year, year and a half or so. Let us start. Um, oh. I guess the, the, the first thing that... Uh, um, our son was involved in a fairly serious accident uh, in which a, another gentleman was uh, killed, and that was uh, that's been a a tough road for for ourselves, for our son Daniel. Um, just 
knowing that that's what happened and uh, praying for for that family ever since. Um, we're still going through uh, some of the uh, ramifications of that. So it's uh, it's been that was the first real difficult turning uh, turning point for us. Uh. Yeah. Then uh, last April, things started to blow up and, you know, my mom had a seizure stroke type of thing. And Anyway, long story short, had to get on a plane a couple times this past year and run to her on a moment's notice, um, a lot of trips back and forth. Um, she passed away um, in November. November 24th. Yeah. Um, week after he lost his job. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there's the next part of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And so then you just had the memorial service for your mother, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, Joe, talk a little bit about the, the job. And I can't remember the exact dates and so forth, but... Well, it was it was actually you know, God's funny because uh, when the church hit our financial speed bump in uh, November, and you asked each of us to to go away and think about what we could do to uh, to get through that time, I was praying, and it was early November, and Laurie and I pretty much got the same answer uh, as to what we should do to help. But during that prayer, it was made very clear to me that I wouldn't have my job come the end of the month. And I was like, okay. You know, if that's your plan, then I'm sure you have something else planned for me. And uh, so I was able to actually go through the layoff uh, three weeks later, having to comfort my boss, telling her, it's okay, I've known about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that brings us up to date. And, uh, you know, oftentimes when we give, we have people share their stories you know, this is kind of this old thing that says every story that ends well is a good story, right? But the truth is, in, in this church, in our audience, every Sunday there are people that this is their story. It's not done yet, okay? It's been a good story. There's spiritual growth, but it's not done yet. And there's still a whole mm-hmm. element of faith. Yes. That, and, um, and so I wanted Joe and Lori to share their story for that reason. Because uh, for you and me, our story isn't done either. And uh, so I want you to join with me in a word of prayer. Father, just bless you for Joe and Lori. I thank you so much for the spiritual journey you've called them to. I thank you that we as a church get to be part of that spiritual journey, that their faith is dynamic, that it's growing and changing their lives every day, and it's carrying them through some tough times. And, uh, Lord, we look forward to uh, uh, the future in their lives. When the current issues are resolved, when Joe has a job, when, um, when, when the ramifications of the, of the accident are done, when uh, they've been able to grieve appropriately for, for Lori's mother, and uh, Lord, along the way, thank you for being their shepherd who leads them beside still waters. We bless you and thank you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Can Amen. Yes, you can, Lori. Um, Faith really does transform. Um, I kind of gauge my faith by how well I sleep at night, and I've slept very well this past year. Thanks for all your prayers. Yes. Thank you, guys.
you know, we could just kind of fold up and go home, right? There's, there's a lifetime of learning in that. And so when I had you say a while ago, the faith that Jesus gives is what? I, the, it's what? It is dynamic. It changes us. It transforms us. And so um, we're going to jump into the sermon you're going to hear this morning is one in a series of sermons called Integrated Faith. And, and it's a refresher course, really, of the basics of the Christian faith. And so it's actually a great place to begin. So if this is your first time here this morning, you picked a good Sunday to come because we're looking at the basics. And the first thing we looked at is that faith changes everything. And yes, it does. In other words, the faith that Christ gives is not just something we add to all the other things of our life, but it's something that we weave in and through everything else in our life so that it touches everything. It's integrated into all that we are and all that we do. We integrate our faith into our marriage. We integrate our faith into how we parent our children. We integrate our faith into how we live in in the workplace and how we interact with our neighbors. And yes, even how we drive. Not necessarily what team we cheer for, but how we cheer for them. All right? Yeah. We integrate faith into all of life. And it does change everything. Second thing we noticed is that faith links us. And for this, we went a couple of places. We went, first of all, to the vineyard. And we noted that Jesus very clearly said He was the vine and we are the branches. And that any branch that is disconnected from the vine will soon die. It has no other option because it doesn't have life in itself. And so faith links us to God where we get connected with our source for life. But then we also went to the Redwood Grove. And we, and we came to understand that, that one of the reasons that the Redwoods stand tall and stand true for hundreds and sometimes well over a millennia of time is because they intentionally interlock their roots with the redwood tree standing next to them. So in essence, they're all saying, you take one of us down, you got to take us all down. And, and, it, and it just creates this wonderfully stable environment. And the faith that Christ gives not only links us to God, but it also links us to other people. And that was always God's intent. And so this morning, we're going to talk about faith transforming us. How complete is that transformation? Well, I want to go back and review. We're learning a memory verse each week, so I want to go back to the memory verse we learned on the very first week. Okay, so those of you who are, you know, really brave, you don't have to look at the screen. You can look right up at me and say it, and the rest of you can read it off the screen. Ready? Here we go. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Where is it found? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And then the memory verse for this last week, Justin already reviewed with you. Ready? Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Where is that found? James 4, 8. Wow. So... You know what's so great about that? The first one talks about the transformation. It says anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? Yeah, a slightly remodeled person? No. Has become what? A new person. 
That's complete. That, that's a huge transformation. And the second one tells you the setting in which that transformation takes place. In my mind, in fact, in my notes, I wrote down, it's the cocoon from which us ugly, butterf- uh, us ugly caterpillars are turned into beautiful butterflies. And what is that cocoon? Drawing near to God. Because if you don't draw near to God, no transformation will ever take place in your life. You'll just be a sort of self-help whatever you become. Yeah. So this morning, we're going to talk about four principles of spiritual growth. And so, uh, again, I want to go... Last week we went to the vineyard, and then we went to the redwood grove. Today we're going to go to the garden or the farm. Okay? And uh, it's a simple lesson, and the volume of the lesson isn't great, but I can tell you it's profound. So... Let's jump into it. Principle number one is this, that Jesus empowers and expects his followers to grow. And I put those words up in that order. I want you to know that the moment you become a Christian and Jesus puts this new faith, this new life in you, in fact, the verse that we just memorized, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life, what? has begun. doesn't say fully developed, does it? No, it says has begun. And that's an important part. Why? Jesus empowers us to grow, but he doesn't just empower us to grow. What else does he do? He expects us to grow. I think that's so important for you. God doesn't just expect you to come to church and sit like a bump on a log and go home and say, check that off my list, did it. No, when you receive the faith, the faith that Jesus gives is what? Dynamic. That means God expects it to actually do something in your life. Continually dynamic. And so here, I'm going to read you three verses. Like newborn babies, you must, I want you to circle the word must, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will, what's the next word? grow into a full experience of salvation. When I read that verse, one of the first thoughts that came to my mind is, I wonder how many people never grow into a full experience of salvation. They just got a tiny little taste, and that's all they're ever going to get in life because they don't actually crave the things that God has given them to crave. He goes on to say, cry out for that nourishment. If you've ever had a baby, you understand that phrase, right? When that baby gets hungry, there is no peace in the house until there's some milk somewhere. That's just how it works. Cry out for that spiritual nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Verse number two. You, what's the next word? Must, you can circle that again. What's the word after that? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That means it's possible to have the knowledge of Christ and not grow in it. But it also means that it's quite possible to have the knowledge of Christ and grow in it. Jesus empowers and expects us to grow. And and, uh, scripture number three. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you what? Grow in your knowledge of our God and Jesus our Lord. I want to talk to you for a minute about the difference between a seed 
and a mature plant. Virtually every kind of life that God brings into this world begins in seed or miniature form. And then it has to grow. That's how God designed the world, and He designed it that way so you and I could learn some things about ourselves. When we are born, when we, when we receive the faith of Christ, and Christ puts this new life in us, friends, He puts it in, in seed form. Jesus Himself talked about faith the size of a mustard seed. And then He said it would grow into this large plant that even birds would nest in its branches. So those of us who are Christians, it's important for us to know, to be able to look in the mirror and say, inside that person, there is the seed of faith. It's actually the seed of great faith. It wasn't given to us in its fully developed form, but it was given to us only in seed form. And that's the first lesson. It's important for you to know that spiritual growth and development doesn't just automatically happen or it doesn't just the day you're born, I'm full, I'm full grown in Christ. No, I start out as a baby in Christ. I start out as a seed or as a seedling. But what is it we expect of every seed when we plant it? What do you expect? Yeah, and when it doesn't, how do you feel? Disappointed, right? Yeah, very disappointed. Here's the application truth. Growth is how often? Always God's plan for us. And that's the challenge I want to give you this morning. Look at your life. Look at your life a year ago and say, how am I doing? Was this a year of growth? I mean, real spiritual growth. Is it quantifiable in my life? And I'm going to give you some ways in what that in to evaluate that as we walk our way through this. So spiritual growth principle number one is Jesus empowers and expects his followers to grow. Spiritual growth principle number two is this. Healthy growth always is, is always the result of a partnership between Jesus and his people. You can see it here. The first part talks about Jesus' part or God's part. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for, giving, for living a godly life. That means not one of us can look up to heaven and say, I would be growing and developing spiritually, God, if you would just have done this or this or this in my life. No. The Bible very clearly says God has given you and me everything we need. To live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who has called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. That's God's side of it. Now take a look as He shifts to our side. These are the promises that enable you to share in His divine nature. I want you to underline that phrase, share in His divine nature. Because that, my friends, is spiritual growth. It's when I become less and less like me and more and more like Jesus. And then he goes on to say, when we do that, we will escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And how many of us have human desires? All of us, right? And what do they lead to in our lives? Corruption. We all got it. That's the disease. 
Jesus is the cure. And then he goes on to say, in view of all of this, here's our part, make every effort to what? Respond to God's promises. Now let's go back out to the garden. Okay? You and I are going to go and we're, we're, we decide that we're going to grow corn. And so we, we get the ground all ready and we hoe it and we rake it and we get it all ready. And, and, and we cut little, you know, little ditches in there and we drop in our little corn seeds and we cover up the little kernels of corn. And then you know, we put some fertilizer, hopefully have done that ahead of time, and we water it and we pull the weeds and so forth. What, what are we hoping and expecting will happen? We want to see little corn shoots coming up, don't we? Yeah. Well, you see, the deal in all of this is our part of the partnership is planting and nurturing the seed. But you know what God's part is? Who has to put life in the seed? Yeah. If you ever got bad seed, no matter how much you watered it or nurtured it or fertilized it, if it was bad seed... What'd you get? Nothing. Because friends, you and I can water and nurture, but we cannot impart life. Only God can impart life. And the spiritual life that Christ gives to you and to me is not something you and I can impart to ourselves. I can't say, I, myself, am going to spiritually awaken myself. No, that's a life thing. That's the partnership And just like in the garden, you can't put life in the seed. So in your own heart, you can't put spiritual life in your own heart. But when God puts it in there, He puts it in in seed form. And your part of the partnership then is nurture, planting and nurturing that seed. Because you could have great seed, but if it's neglected, it's never planted, it's never watered or fertilized or nurtured, how good is the crop going to be? It's not going to be very good. That's the whole point. And that is, growth and development is always a partnership between God and His people. Now take a look at the application truth. Spiritual growth in my life is the direct result of the way I nurture the new life God has given me. I want to talk to you just a minute about personal responsibility because I don't want you to miss this point. Okay? And is the seed of God's salvation and faith and the seed of His Word, is that always good? What do you think? Yes or no? It's always good. It's the truth. It's from God. It's never bad. It always has life in it. So when I look in the mirror and I don't see spiritual growth and development in me, it doesn't do any good to blame Monica right? It doesn't do any good to blame my life group leader. It doesn't do any good to blame anybody else because spiritual growth in my life is the result of how I nurture the seed of faith that God puts in my life. That's pretty important to know. Spiritual growth principle number three. Healthy growth always results in transformation. Look at the transformation that Peter talks about. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence. Would that transform anybody in our world today? Yeah, pretty much everybody in our world. And then to that with knowledge, 
That would transform. And knowledge, self-control, boy, that would transform a lot of people in our world, including virtually everyone sitting in our audience this morning. Self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. Friends, that's <laughs> we start out with not too many of those. We're the ugly caterpillar. And when we get into the cocoon of drawing into the presence of God, and we begin to nurture the seed that God puts in our lives, He begins to transform us from what we weren't into that. By the way, as you read through that, does that remind you of Jesus? Moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, genuine affection for people around him, and love for everyone. That is Jesus. It's a transformation. I was out with my dad one day, and we were trimming some roses And he said, Ron, you see that thing coming up? I want you to cut it off. It's a sucker. (laughs) I don't know. It looked good to me. It was growing right out of the root. It had leaves all the way up. And it seemed to be growing way faster than all the rest of the bush. I'm thinking, Dad, you're cutting off some good stuff. And I said, Dad, why would you call that a sucker? And he said, Ron, that thing will never bloom. It's just a sucker. I thought about that and I realized, you know, the problem with that sucker is it would never produce the one and only thing that I would want from a rose, and that is blooms. And I thought about how in my own Christian walk, it's possible for me to be a spiritual sucker. I bet you never thought you'd hear that at church, right? But it is quite possible, friends, for all of us to become spiritual suckers. We got leaves, we look like real branches, but we're not a real branch in that our lives are never truly transformed. They never actually bloom. We look Christian, we wear the name Christian, but we never truly bloom. The application truth is here. There it is. Christ's plan is always that we would be changed how? From the inside. We just sang that song. Two times we just sang that song. That we would be changed from the inside out. Friends, I want to give you this. You can come to church and you can learn Bible. In fact, you can learn all the memory verses. You can become an expert in Scripture. You could come to church and you could teach classes. You can give large donations. You could go on mission trips. You can do all of that stuff. But if you're not transformed on the inside, you're a spiritual sucker. I know a pastor. The guy has led mission trips all around the world. God blessed him with five children. He's recognized wherever he goes as a great spiritual giant. But I know his family from the inside out. And I know that his wife and every one of his five children is absolutely petrified that they will drive his car someday and not completely readjust the seats, the rear view mirrors, the side view mirrors, and everything in that car the way it was because all hell will break loose if they don't. I don't care how many countries that guy goes to. 
in the Lord's eyes is a spiritual sucker. Because there's no real fruit in his life. And I know him well. I've spoken into his life before about that. Yeah. Why? Because transformation is always the goal. Let's go to principle number three. I'm sorry, number four. Real transformation always results in what? Fruitfulness. Wow. Why do you plant roses? You want a what? You get rose blooms. Why do you plant corn? You don't want corn plants. What do you want? Corn. Yeah, that's how it works, all right? And so the real goal of transformation, it always results in fruitfulness. Here's what Peter said. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. The more productive and useful. Friends, those are two words I want to describe my life. And I think you do too. And so when we go back to the garden, what's the lesson we can learn from the garden about this? There's a big difference between foliage and fruit, right? If you plant a peach tree, you want more than a peach tree. You want peaches. And so when God puts the seed of His Word into my life, what He wants is real fruit. And here's the practical application of this. Holy Spirit-empowered transformation brings with it an ambient Influence. You know what an ambient influence is? It's not manufactured. It's not artificial. It's not pumped up. It's just ambient. It, it comes naturally. An ambient influence that what? Improves everything around it. And friends, when you get next to somebody who's been transformed by Jesus Christ, no matter what you're experiencing, when they walk into the room, somehow you feel better about it. Yeah. When you carry that ambient influence and you walk into, the, into your workplace, somehow you bring a peace that wasn't there before. When you walk into your home, you bring a peace that wasn't there before. Because when you've been transformed by Christ, you have that ambient influence. And by the way, only He can give it. So as we close, let me give you one more principle. That is... Creating ideal conditions promotes healthy growth. You know something? Every farm, every garden in the world operates on one principle. And you know what it is? It's the firm belief that a nurtured seed and a nurtured plant will outproduce a neglected one every time. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, otherwise, we just let the weeds grow and harvest whatever came up. But we believe that if we nurture it, it will outproduce. Well, the same thing is true in our lives. A nurtured faith will always outproduce one that's neglected. I want to give you two things as we close. And the first is this. Those of you who have been coming, you understand this is our spiritual growth sheet for the week. So you, you have it on the inside of your program. It says developing at the top. We have a new memory verse. It's Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. That's a great verse. We have three challenges. Challenge, and they're all related to life groups. Because life groups... Is the setting in which, remember what was the last thing I said? That creating an ideal culture promotes healthy growth. Life groups, those small groups of people that get together during the week, they challenge each other, they encourage each other, they learn together, and they grow spiritually. That's sort of like, if I could say, the greenhouse for Christians. It's where Christians grow best. So all three have to do with life groups. I won't take the time to delineate those 
But I do want to encourage you, if you're not involved in a life group, there's a ton of tables out there in the lobby. Go sign up for a life group and begin to grow spiritually, probably like you never have before. And then there's places to read Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, different aspects of spiritual growth. Tool number two is life groups. Number one is the spiritual journey that we're on. Number two is life groups. And uh, I've already said enough about life groups. This is the catalog. Uh, There's, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 life groups out there for you to choose from. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being active in our lives. Thank you for a faith that's dynamic, that changes us. Lord, would you bless us as as we respond to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.